Welcome to the Hunter's Hub Event Quest. Tonight we're going to be talking about Core 21, 2021. Um, this is your host, Fortuan, joined by co-host Leah Reiser. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Just hanging out with some great new cards. Yeah. Uh, and Darth Tater. How are you doing? Doing great. So, we have, we have cards to talk about because... It's done being spoiled, and yet we still have more cards to talk about next week, because they're done being spoiled. So we have a like a lot of cards that we got confused and mixed up because they're spoiling too much too fast, and it's like peering into the abyss. And I want it to stop. <laughs> and then a month later, there's a master set. The endless spoiler season. I can't keep up, man. I can't. And there's there not are a, a lot of products coming out. <laughs> needs more Hydra. Oh, don't worry, there's another product that comes out Friday that you probably didn't even remember. Spellbook Chandra. Th- I I did remember that one. I'm very excited. There's three cards in that that speak to my little stormy soul, and I need all of them. I could hate every card in that set, and I would want to have it just for that fire border they have on the bottom. It's real good. It's real good. And having that as a having a new fancy pyromancer ascension that card that card is my soul when it comes to magic it does everything <laughs> i want but Needs that's not the set we're here to talk about <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd be fine with a flaming hydra i would be very fine with that pyro uh, hydra when pyroclastic hydra there you go that's when they Done. breathe so fire I, we can build it it'll be great awesome uh all right Darth, why don't you start us off with our first card of the night? So, like normal, we're just going to go through, and each of us are going to talk about five cards. Kind of yep. skip that intro part. But we will start with the lovely multicolor buy box promo. Uh-huh. And I do find Ren, it quite Ren funny is... that uh, Rin and Siri, inseparable, is one in Naya, so one red, green, white, for a 4-4 legendary creature dog cat. Because it is a cat dog, dog and a cat. Cat dog. Yeah. Well, it's two Whenever separate cast... entities. It is not, yeah. It's not too glued together. So that, yeah, so it's, it's not a Nickelodeon cartoon. Whenever you cast a dog spell, you create a 1-1 green cat creature token. Whenever you cast a cat spell, you create a 1-1 white dog creature token. And you can pay red, green, white, tap. Random, Siri, inseparable. Deals damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control. You gain life equal to the number of cats you control. And I am a, in life and in magic, a big fan of cats, so giving me another color and telling me I'm allowed to play more cards, I have more playable cards because now the dogs slash hounds, with the errata of all hounds being dogs now, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a fun Naya commander that, it's it's on the edge of being built, but it's, it also kind of brings up some really funny things in my mind that it's the buy box promo, this is the second year in a row that the core set buy box promo is a Naya legend and it shows up only as a borderless card which is also really kind of cool now do you think it was intentional that it sounds like Ren and Stimpy I don't think so I want to say no but like you have to have some like there has to be some amount of like even unconscious bleed over 
Yeah, because it's like Siri and Stimpy are the, the the big stretch, but Rin and Ren, like, <laughs> and it's in the same order, and it, yeah, like, 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 and and Stimpy and Siri are like they're they're the like, you know, they fit on the beginning and the end. Like, I have to think that's a coincidence, but they are also a cat and a dog. Yeah, I mean there there is an amount of really they're a cat and a dog. A... Yeah, they're a cat and a dog. They're a Chihuahua and a, and a fat cat. Yep. Like, there's an amount of, like, the way vocal progression happens of, like, R's leading into S's so that it's just, like, a normal thing. Like, if you flip it and do Sari and Ren, it just sounds different and weird. Mm-hmm. But there there had to be, of like, even if it wasn't intentional, it had to have been, like, some amount of subconscious bias that happened. And either right. way, I... There's going to be so many cat dog and Ren and Stimpy alters of this. It's not even funny. Yeah, there is. Um, I also like to point out art dogs and cats normally two twos, right? So you put the two together, you get a four four. Mm-hmm. Yep. They make each other more powerful. They're, I mean, it's really cool. In, they're inseparable. If you would care to go that way, exactly. <laughs> Friends forever. And it, it's very appropriate that, you know, when we talk next week about Jumpstart, we also are getting one of the best dogs, New Border, with the actual Arata to have dog with Isamaru. Isamaru! That's actually been a funny thing in our league because we were trying to get a point because our, our league for commanders driven by points. And we were vying, like, trying to lobby to the league to have a point for playing a commander with no abilities, which Isamaru is like the bleeding example of that. Just like yeah. some of those awful legends five mana three fives with flavor text. Yup. I had a uh back in college had a buddy who built a Torsten Torsten von Ursus, I think is his name. It's just a green white like I think he's vanilla or has like rampage legend. That's entirely overcosted simply because his name was also Torsten. <laughs> I can dig it. Okay. Yeah, it was it was fun. Well, was if they ever so, make a Forsworn card, cards. it's going to be a red green Hydra, and it's going to suck. So there you go. I but, totally understand. You know, I do love that it seems like we're getting legendary creatures as the buy box promos, and that's pretty much as but it's been for a while now. Yeah, yep. other than the Nexus of Fate, it really feels like they're like they were like, hey, you know, we should just stick with Commander. Like, some good flavorful legends. I mean, it takes a while development wise for them to like shift back, so it could have just been that Nexus of Fate was a fluke. Because on its face, that card reads like it was intended for Commander anyway. Yeah, no, that all of them are drink just... cups that you have to have proxies because it was so heavily played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a thing, but ooh. but so like getting these interesting legends, like especially for this one, the set when they decide to go back from hound to dog, which Marrow has been fighting for for apparently Ages. decades, practically. Yeah. It it's a good one. I like that it's a Naya one, like you said, a good Naya cat commander that feels like a Naya tribal cat commander and not just like like Marisi, who's yeah, a cat in his Naya, but doesn't really feel like a cat commander. He just feels like I'm going to punch you, commander. Oh, yeah, okay. it's kind of cool because this comes off the spur of, you know, this is the year that we started Secret Layers, and we had that Secret Layer, oh my god, kitties. 
Yes, that's right. And I had just started playing because we were just able to start meeting in person again at the local card shop to some some extent and have uh, Erebo, the like way over-stylized, fluffy kitten version of Erebo instead of that conquering beast that he really is. I really, I really like the fluffy kitty Erebo. He's so good. He looks all like cute and fluffy and then he's going to rip your face off. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that we're getting this in that same year where if maybe you weren't sold on just cats, maybe cats and dogs kind of gets you excited that you've been purchasing these new products. Yeah. I'm w- also waiting for the dog secret lair now. <laughs> it's going to happen. Doggo. I'm still waiting on the Hydra secret lair. I've been waiting since... Uh, I... what, 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 what what the day used to have? You bought one the in From the Springs. Vaults. From the Vaults. Yeah, I've been waiting for a yeah. From the Vaults Hydra. See, I actually would not be surprised if one of these days that, like, in the next, I don't know, year or two, with some of the Secret Lair, like, sets that they've been releasing, that they don't do a Secret Lair for the iconic creature of each color. So, dragons, demons, angels, hydras, dragons, demons, angels, sphinxes. It's, it's like, like there's, one, there's one other, like, those are the ones where you have, like, a big touchstone one of those in almost every set for the color. Yeah. Almost fair. Like I would, I could see a secret la- a secret layer for each of those, or a, a secret layer, just like secret layer iconic that has, you know, one or two of each. But yeah, you say that. But what's going to happen is then we're going to get Progenitus again, and he's going to be so mad because he hates Progenitus. Mm. He's a very Avatar Avatar. He's just not a very Hydra Hydra. Yeah, this is true. This is why. This is why that he's the most disappointing yet most powerful Hydra. He really is. Oh well. Also, he has protection from everything, which includes rules. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. As I someone know. married to an L two, that I can say that probably is not the case but if we need to i can go down and check <laughs> no 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 i know what it means i know i know the 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 five points of protection but but the thing is it's just like i, I wish they worded that better because it's like there's the troll in me that is like no it's protection from everything protection from you protection from your logic protection from your cards <laughs> it's just about understanding what the word everything life. means in magic yeah. I'm just... I like the troll answer. It's more fun. Um, I'm entirely surprised by this. <clears throat> Alright, so Leo, what's your what's your first one for tonight? My first one for tonight is the Conspicuous Snoop. It's red and a red for a 2-2 goblin rogue. You play with the top card of your library revealed. You can cast goblin spells from the top of your library. And as long as the top card of your library is a goblin card, Conspicuous Snoop has all activated abilities of this card. Um, as someone who likes playing Mono Red, I like this card. As someone who likes playing Mono Red Goblins and whose first Mono Red Commander deck that began a genesis of many Mono Red Commander decks was Krenko, mm-hmm. I really like this card. I really like that this card can kill you in Modern on turn three. All I don't like things, that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You can kill someone on turn three, and all you need is to play this on turn two, and then a specific goblin on turn three, and you can kill them. It is so good. See the prop this down. Go ahead. The problem is we have a guy who only runs Krinko in the league, and 
he just stomped the crap out of me Wednesday. Like, turn two, he had, what, it was Goblin War Chief and two other goblins just laid out. Oh, and yeah. then War Chief into Krenko? Mm. So good. <laughs> yeah, Krenko yeah. doesn't haste or anything. Give Krenko haste? Give his little buddies haste? Oh. And so he had like nine goblins turn on turn three, and we're just like, all right, well, this game's over and not fun. And he just systematically destroyed board, everybody. And it's like, come on. <laughs> it, was, it was a rough night for me. You can ask Darth Tater. I did not do well. And it was my Ghidorah deck. Or our Ghidorah deck that we built together, which is actually really good. It's just like it just it can't just compete. Didn't have the board wipe. It can't compete with that. I mean, it has board control, it just doesn't have the board wipe. Yeah, I mean, as we play more, it might be important to have the three mana red board wipes that deal three just to get over the hump. Yeah, that's that's true. That might be something we need to put in. But I mean, the pouncing shark that that takes care of some threats. I, I'll tell you what. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I'm afraid so, of this card. It's just it's real good. It's not in a mono red commander deck. It can't do the turn three kill. Cause the black, the goblin tutor, that is the harbinger. So puts it on top of your deck is actually in black from Lorwyn. Mm -hmm. But so well, you can't do that in a mono red one. But if you're in like a red, black goblin deck, like, uh, Grenzo. It's it's filling a weak point in that goblin deck of of, of, uh, our, of our goblin guy at the card shop, which is card draw, because it's giving you access yes. to another card. I don't want him to have more of an advantage in the early game. I just don't. I don't. <laughs> or or it's a way to recover in the late game because that's where he's weak. Yeah. Slap this down and then just peel three goblins off the top. Look at look at him. Off to the races. Yeah. No thanks, kind of a, man. This is the kind of card that makes me excited to play like Mana Severance or something to just get all the lands out of my deck. Mm-mm. Just see how <laughs> yeah. much you how much heaters you can get going. Oh yeah. I like the the glass the, the him looking in the glass with his face pressed up against it. That's that amuses me. I do like the yep, art of this one. Snuck up on the nose. So so but yeah, so that is my first pick. So what is the uh, the combo? You go through uh, that. The, so the the combo is you play conspicuous snoop on, conspicuous snoop on turn two. Turn three, you play a Boggart Harbinger, mm -hmm. and you tutor a Kiki Jiki to the top of your deck. Conspicuous snoop now has the activated abilities of Kiki Jiki. Sure. So you tap the snoop. You make a copy of the snoop that has haste. You then tap the snoop to make a copy of the snoop that has haste. And you keep doing this down until you have roughly infinite, you give or take a factor of two, number of snoops that all have the ability of the card on top of your deck. Sure. And then with the last one that's untapped, you tap it and make a copy of the Harbinger, and you tutor up a Mog Fanatic to the top of your deck so that all of your conspicuous snoops no longer are Kiki-Jiki, well, no longer have the Kiki-Jiki ability. They now can be sacked to do one damage to any target. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they're very dead. That's just mean. Once you started going yes. through the explanation, the thing that came to my head is the Sling Gang Lieutenant. 
Uh, I think a lot of people are also doing Sling Gang as a different way. I like the idea of Mog Fanatic, but I think Sling Gang is where some people have started going because it's life loss instead of damage. Mm. So harder to get but, around. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, six one way, half a dozen the other, as far as most times your opponent's just very dead. <laughs> yeah, that... I don't know how, how heavily that could get banned, but that feels like the, the level of Splinter Twin it, stuff. Granted, it wasn't Flash and then my turn, but still. Yeah, it's... Right now, with Modern as a format, I honestly think it's fine, and I don't even know if it's going to be good. But the fact that it's there and you have the potential to do it makes me happy. <laughs> in Goblins, nonetheless. Yeah, in Goblins. like I, That's why I think Mog Fanatic might be a better one, because you could just play a more normal low to the ground goblin deck that has conspicuous snoop is just a good card yeah and then if you happen to have snoop in play when you play a harbinger you just win as long as they don't you know deal with it in response right which is the other thing because it's a creature that you have to it's a two-two that you have to get through around you know a full turn cycle with mm -hmm. there is some fragility there mm -hmm. it's true cool Okay, well, uh, moving off to Goblins to Garouk Unleashed. Um, legendary Planeswalker dash Garouk, because, you know, his creature type is him, or, or his type is him. Subtype. Yeah, four loyalty for two, green, green, um, with a plus one ability of up to one target creature gets three, three, and gains trample intended turn, which for a plus one is pretty decent. Um... Minus two, create a 3-3 three, three beast creature token. If uh, Then, if an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a loyalty counter on Garuk Unleashed, so it could turn into a minus one. Um, and then you uh, have the ultimate, which is the negative seven ability. You get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, you may search your library for a creature card, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle your library. This is a three-turn clock. If you cannot get this off the field in a big creature deck. Um, and I love it. Um, this card uh, is possible candidate for replacing a couple things in my um, Gyrus deck. That is a bunch of... I mean, there's a lot of stuff getting in the graveyard for Gyrus to, to work off of. But he also does just run some good cards. Uh, if not, it would have gone in the Xenagos deck. Because... Why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm to pump things. Right. Um, honestly, this this card for me is utilitarian enough, just with the, the ultimate, to just sort of have the threat to get get the focus off of your creatures if you need to. As sort of like a decoy. I actually like to use a lot of planeswalkers that way. It's like, oh, I stopped you from ulting. It's like I never expected to ult. Now take this <laughs> creature in the face <laughs> that you left alone. Um, stuff like that. Um, I could also. I, I'm less so in Tulsa Mirror because Tulsa Mirror isn't really dependent on an individual cards as much as just getting wolves. Um, but yeah, it's it's a card that I will be considering in a lot of different decks that I play. Uh, I think the only one that I'm really just like Naz Ghidorah. I don't think. I don't think we want to do that with Ghidorah, because Ghidorah, we want to talk about getting the mutate cost down for a lot of the cards. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I'm also excited to have Garuk back. Um, as far as, like, green, green is, you know, my favorite color in Magic. Um, 
haven't really cared about any of the green planeswalkers for a long time and then we got garuk and then garuk left pretty soon after i started playing magic again uh so back in return to ravnica i think was right after garuk had died if i'm correct he'd not wandered off because he was cursed yeah so he was dealing with fixing his curse so it's it's good to see him back yep so i I have a yeah i'm gonna say for leo i have a question so knowing how doubling season interacts with planeswalkers normally yeah so you plus one you only add one because it's a cost and doubling season doesn't interact with that but am i right in thinking that if you minus two and you have a doubling season you potentially get to place two onto him because it's not the cost of his loyalty ability yes yeah the so if yeah if you minus you two yeah yeah if you minus two and then you put it on yeah it, as long as you as long as you getting two tokens because it's a doubling yes. season doesn't, <laughs> doesn't uh you know tick you to having uh, more creatures than anyone else for the same amount yeah you would get two but back on uh to note that if he was at two loyalty he would still die yeah because yeah, you, it's you after the cost as yeah. a state-based action, it sees that he goes away, he poofs, then his ability resolves, and there's no loyalty to be put on him. Yep. But, yeah, if he's, like, at four, and then you minus get two, we'll get two beasts and are still short, he stays at four, which is pretty cool. Although, you could also hopefully just play him when you have a doubling season out and immediately ult him. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I was just thinking, he, he is... He has that weird benefit. He cost one less than doubling season. Like, this yeah. is a... Play. I expect well. to see across the table for me in a commander game at some point. Yeah. I mean, if, if yeah. this card goes in Gyrus, that's immediately immediately possible because there is a doubling season in Gyrus. Yeah. So I, I like it. Yep. He's a uh, boy. I'm excited to see Garuk back. Um, he's like the anti-hero of green, and I love it. He's the green's executioner. We need we need more violent green. He's the he has a very primal side of the green color pie, and it's pretty awesome to see. Instead of trees. <laughs> well, Disney one was like a hunter, but she was too like everything's awesome, and Groot's right. like I want to test my strength against the greatest beasts. Vivian's a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. That's gotta she hug wants him to all. fight against Vivian. other big beasts. Exactly. She wants to hunt. She wants these big beasts so she can have more big beasts. Garrick wants these big beasts to prove that he is the biggest beast. Garrick wants these big beasts above his mantle. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So we'll go to uh, number two for Darth. What do you got? I'm actually going to start by reading the flavor text on this card. Ooh, we're getting a story, huh? One day the mountains fire will rise up to burn away our change our chains and end this age of oppression the molten prophecy so this is a mythic enchantment fiery emancipation for three and triple red if a source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player it deals triple that damage to that permanent or player instead yep 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 and it's got this great artwork of this great like underground chasm flow of you have to call it magma when it's under underground but it hot magma. holds a place among all of these damage double things. Like, we just got Obosh. You know, we've had 
Furnace of Wrath and a few other things. Yeah, that Dictate for, of the Twin Gods, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I've always at the tip of my mind is building this Saskia commander deck where I want a double damage, potentially now triple damage effect in play because the interaction with doubling damage and something like a ball lightning attacking. So normally it would be ball lightning attacks, hits for six, you correct it to 12, Saskia goes to deal 12 to the person you've named with her, and then the it corrects to 24. Well now Fire Emancipation gives the same damage values for something with three power. Yeah. Yeah. So lightning I don't even need to ball lightning anymore. <laughs> Saskia is the lovely 3-4 that makes Fire Emancipation deal 9 and then corrects 27, deals 36 still. So you play this, you attack and get through to the person you've named with Saskia, you deal 36. And I just... Just with her. And I also just, just can't imagine the horror of playing against this in the pre-release, which is coming up this weekend. Like, you you judge all these blocks, you think everything's fine, and then someone plays Fire Emancipation, they have two more creatures, then you're like, oh, I'm going to take 18 damage. <laughs> yeah, these two two-twos are lethal now. Like, oh, yep. no. the absolute horror and dread this card, that even in Commander, is going to bring... Like, I've had so much fun playing a uh, Grenzo deck. Yeah. That my big win condition is Hazarets and Dying Fury as a Doomsday Pile. Because when you do the Doomsday Pile, Hazarets and Dying Fury makes you shuffle and then exile the top four, and you can cast any of them that cost five or less for free. So you just have a double damage, double damage, double damage, and. It gets fiery confluence, and you choose modes, deal two to all opponents, deal two to all opponents, deal two to all opponents. And it yeah. pretty much kills everybody. Yeah. But this is just like another cog in all these awful red burn uncomfortable, give me 5-1 trample haste sacrifice creatures that just... No one can trust you. Everything is awful. Just play this and watch everybody cringe. <laughs> right. Um... It reminds me of that goblin quote. It's like it's hard to hard to keep something in line that has no concern for its own safety or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. it's the flavor text on um, Havoc Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's kind of kind of how I feel about this card. It, it's 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 just like it's just like turning Diablo turning that thing right up to torment torment fourteen after you hit level seventy. Just balls of the wall, man. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like this is because I just watched Avatar again. Sozin's yeah. comet coming. Sozin's I'm gonna get comet. one humongous fire blast, knock someone off the face of the earth, and have to explain to them. Yes, you went to negative 112, and then the other two people kill me because they have to. Like, yeah, that is 100% how I expect to play this card, and it will be glorious. Could you imagine if I still had that uh, Xenagos with Chandra's Ignition and then this on the field? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely going in my... Uh, oh, what's his name? The uh, I've lost the name. The Minotaur. Neheb. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Afflict version of Neheb, where whenever you 
Oh yeah, the mono red one. Life. Yeah. When your opponents lose life at the beginning of your uh, post-combat main phase, you get that much um, red mana to play with. <laughs> oh, jeez. Let me just bolt you. I'm going generate to nine you. mana off of one spell. <laughs> yeah, generate nine mana off of a lightning bolt, and then feed mm-hmm. that into a common <clears throat> storm. Oh, no. You guys are like evil. Storm a lot. Just uh, evil. It's an evil I'm... card. You just have to get with the mentality of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. You like Hydras. I just like being a, a little shaman boy. Yeah. Just has a like, lot of red mana at his disposal. <laughs> I just like, I just, I'm just like Charlie Sheen. Winning. <laughs> I mean, it definitely goes in the category of, you know, as I developed as a magic player and a commander player, I feel like my true home is actually just Rakdos Uncomfortable cards. And this really yeah. goes with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Well, um, that that's that's the scary card. So, uh, so what's what's your your next demolisher, Leo? What, how how are you uh, gonna sweep the table? I, I'm I'm not here to. My next one isn't here to sweep oh, okay. the table. All right. It's not here to end lives. My next one is uh, it's a lovely little little two and a green for a two two named Truffle Snout. He's a pig. Technically, Aww. he's a boar. When he enters the battlefield, you choose one. You get. You put a plus one plus one counter on him, or you gain four life. Its exploits are the stuff of legends among local chefs and fuel for nightmares among the forest salads. He's just the happiest little truffle pig. He just looks all happier than... He's got war paint on, though, with apples on his back. I know. Like, it's adorable. I'm legitimately wishing that they had named, like, made Truffle Snout a named legendary boar just because he's that cute. <laughs> I get why not. Like, but come on, give me just a common legendary Truffle Snout pig just for the just for the gets and shigs. But really, that's it. I just he is too damn cute. I could not he could not pass call it out how adorable he is. Like, look at him. He's got a little. He's got a little chubby tummy, like peeking out around his the saddle strap straps. In the back. Yeah, yeah. He, it, he has a bell around his neck. I just saw that. <laughs> he's got two little straps. Coming, he's got a little strap coming down from the saddle, and he's got a bell on his neck. He looks like he's just happing munchly on some mushrooms there. He looks so proud. He's like, yep, I'm here. I'm a truffle stout. So yeah, that's my second. I just, I could not, I couldn't this not is, talk about this card. You could totally do an alt art of this and make it a moose swine for Monster Hunter. It is. Ooh, it is so much a moose wine. The fact that it's you eating really mushrooms, could. little cute piggy. Yeah, it's a moose wine. It's like the more Which I look I... at the art, the more I'm thinking about. It, he looks like he has glasses on because like the blue circle around yeah, his eye. Yeah, it does. The, like has the little like line back from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pig with glasses. It is. Okay. Yeah, so that that's my second pick. <laughs> I like him. Well, okay, so my mine's a lot less nice, and I love it. And if I still have my dragon deck, it it'd be a, a shoe in, which is Terror of the Peaks. Uh, it's a creature dragon, so it's not even legendary. For three and red red, you get a five four, flying spells your opponent's cast that target terror of the peaks cost an additional three life to cast so take that oh yeah you want to kill it pay three life thank you very much <laughs> um 
And then also, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terra of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. I love this card. It is such so a, it is such a troll. And I just imagine just the way, just from the art and the mechanics, it really does tell a story of like there's this dragon that is continuously just raiding this village over and over again. <laughs> it is. I'm. I love that they've put this pandemonium effect on a creature finally because the uh, Animar deck that I played that used all of those it was like Warstorm Surge was one of the few non-creature spells that made it into that deck and now I can replace it with another creature. It yeah. costs one less. Ex- yeah. It costs four less. <laughs> well, you think I'm paying you think I'm paying any amount of the colorless cost of a so, creature in my yeah, in that. Fair. Deck? I I get what you're going with this. Yes, of course. <laughs> but in general, yes, it also costs one less and is a creature and protects itself and is also just a 5 mana 5/4. Five, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a flyer too, so it has evasion already. Like this thing, this thing is doing some work. Um, yeah, you were talking about fiery emancipation at a pre-release. This at a pre-release ends games. This is also yeah. the card where I've really been thinking about, you know, blue-red spell slinger. I have a friend that's really into that for commander, <clears throat> and we've already gotten into the discussion of okay, kick a right of replication. You're making terror of the peaks. <laughs> what happens oh yes <laughs> i can do that math for you I, we, we've I gone through it but it's just it's pretty awesome it feels really good i love right of replication math i always have I always <laughs> yeah i i have enjoy you this ever sat down and figured out what happens when you kick a right of replication radiate it and copy the radiate it's the best <laughs> i also love ilharg plus this Ooh, Ilh- i do like that's real good because it's like, hey, every turn, it's swinging in. Oh, by the way, you're also taking its power before it swings in. <laughs> oh, man, I love this card. It's it's solid. Um, it's also going into uh, my Felden deck for the same reason. Like, It's not good to be the thing that you're copying with Felden, but it's a really good supporter to have in play when you're bringing back other stuff with Felden. Yeah. It's a good support and- creature with any other creature. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. You put down a dork, the dork does more damage it would have ever done. Yeah. I guess it, it goes into the category of things that make Phyrexian Dreadnought hilarious. Because oh, no. playing Savala has given me an uncomfortable love for the card, and now I can just play that in a deck with this as a one-mana 12-damage burn spell. <laughs> also, it does stuff... One colorless mana. Yeah. Holy... It does some stuff with some cards that take a while to turn on, like Slumbering Dragon. You get the value of Slumbering yeah. Dragon immediately. That's real good. And it's like, oh yeah, I we like won't it. take out Slumbering Dragon because why? You know what? You know it's just gonna sit there till they get the right stuff. But like with this, Slumbering Dragon just dealt five damage for one mana. Like, it's pretty good. It's real good. I like it. It's a good dragon. Yeah, good dragon. Love it. Um, Dater. Darth Dater. What are we doing? Okay, my third pick is Karavek the Spiteful. He is 2 and 2 black for a 3-2 legendary creature, Human Warlock. Other creatures get minus 1, minus 1. Defy me and I will burn the flesh from your bones. Betray me and I will steal the breath from your lungs. 
I I'll... love his flavor text. <laughs> I, I would like to I would like to uh, uh, make a make, make an alternate uh, like alternate art for the the card. It says other creatures get uh, get fucked. That's what, <laughs> that's what this Dang. card means to me. I have had a little bit of um, tribulation at times. I have a commander deck that is the mono black Micaeus, you know, Micaeus the Unhallowed. And mm-hmm. to make the Triskelion combos work with Walking Ballista, you need an effect like this. Uh-oh. So, Knight of Souls Betrayal is the card I've been playing along with... Ooh, I'm going to struggle on this one. But it's like a two-man enchantment. Your creatures cost two less, but your creatures get minus one, minus one. Heartless Summoning. Heartless Summoning. So, it already has a place in decks I've built, but it also has an effect that I've come to really appreciate. I constantly play these commander games where someone has, like, two forests and five mana dorks that are all one-ones, and they're a little clickety-clackety engine they finally get to play. And not that I want to, like enforce mana screw i don't want to play a legend that like blow up all but two lands but something that punishes people for having fragile mana bases and keeping sketchy hands and just getting to slam this and chew away 10 one ones is just it's what i need it, yeah. it goes in the red black uncomfortable were, things and i just need to do this to people the ones that got greedy and you punish them for their greed Plus, it also makes yep. one one goblins go away. You know, relevant to Fortwan's strife. That's this is true. Death I mean, to the it, goblins! Death to the goblins! Death to the goblins! Death to the goblins! Sorry. <laughs> it's just straight up a knight of souls betrayal with legs. Yep. I think knight. Of, I think knight of souls betrayal is three and a black, but that's that's fine. It's just a very good card. And I do like Legs seeing this and... character show up again. Like, his other version yeah. just costs so much mana that it's powerful, but you just don't seem to show up, really, because of that. I mean, I with like... Legs and awesome, fiery spell things between his warlock hands, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's actually like really the, cool I art. like the whole cycle of the old legends that they brought back for this. Like, you see Baron again for the first time in a forever. <laughs> it's real cool. Yeah, it would be nice to talk about some of the other ones, but, you know, five cards is five cards. I mean, I think my next card is one of them. (laughs) Speaking of which, third card, unless you're not done. No, I was was just going to say, hey, you know, it's another card I like. I like the effect. Yay, red, black, uncomfortable cards. Speaking of which, third card, Leo. (laughs) Hey, my third card is one of those other legends. This was not planned, actually. Um, But... Uh, my third card is Subira Tulzidi Caravanner. She's okay. two and a red for a 2-3 with haste. You can pay one colorless and another target creature with power two or less can't be blocked this turn. Or one generic. And then uh, one and a red tap, discard your hand. Until end of turn, whenever a creature you control with power two or less deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. This is a dope callback to a, like a kind of evasion that red has sometimes gotten with the your well a decent amount of times has gotten with your like p- creatures with power two or less can't be blocked and is a really cool way to give red some card advantage in a very red way with the whole discard your hand until end of turn 
all of these creatures, you know, become magpies. As long as you hit them, you can refill the hand. And then you play out that hand. Like, you're you're incentivized to play a deck with a whole bunch of small things. It's... I think it's the perfect, like, risk-reward type of card draw that red really plays into and can deal well with. Mm-hmm. But in a way that is not too strong. Like, it's, there's a lot of cost to it. And also, it's just neat. I don't remember as much about the lore of Subira as some of the other legends, but I am just like, I don't care. I like this card mechanically Oh yeah, so very much. Yeah. Do you really have to plus appreciate an, the camel and the big elephant in the background, too? That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, plus there's an elephant in the background. Like, this caravan looks dope. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, that's a circus right there. Like, she's walking in to say, Prince Ali is here. oh man (laughs) that's an alt art coming we know it now oh 100% I need one now that I realize that I I super need one her as genie with the other stuff in the background exactly her as genie a little Aladdin in the background it'd be great Um, I'm actually covering up the screen because it's beside peer into the abyss and I just I can't take the art of that card (laughs) My hand is over it. Yeah, I also really personally want to get the Aladdin altar now that you mentioned doing the altar for it. Because the back when I was running to like PTQs and, and stuff, one of the hype songs, I don't know how it ended up being the hype song, was the Jonathan Young cover for Prince Ali. Was, oh, it's what we'd all play. Like the very last song right before we'd pull up to the event was that because it's like a heavy metal or like hard like rock version of prince ali and i was like this is what we need <laughs> oh uh, so all right is real good uh, i am a notorious cover whore when it comes to my musical tastes i mean that's okay i like video game remixes we all have They're our weird divine. things so um, that was my third pick okay um uh, my one mine is a is a is a creature type that I always wanted to make an EDH deck for, but never got the stuff to, which is the Spore Web Weaver, uh, which is two and a green for a 1-4 spider. Um, I actually really like a lot of spider decks. Um, a lot of them want to do red-green, and I'd almost prefer to do a mono-green spider deck. Um, but, I mean, there's there's some really good red-greens. In fact, there's a awesome... Uh, oh, what's the color... Gyrus's colors. Um, what's the Jund. name of that? Jund. Jund. There you go. Wait, wait, that's not. No. Red, green, black. Yeah. Red, green, black is yeah, Jund. That's Jund. That's not the name of the. Oh, you're Thantis the name of the, the spider. War Weaver? That's Thantis the War. <laughs> yeah, no, no, the War Weaver. Uh, is it really? Because like Teamer Jund is what it's actually called. The 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 Dragon yep. Clan. Okay. No, yep. Jund was the. I just want to make sure what, what was an old thing. Junk. I, I hated that. No, stuff. Uh, junk was Abzan back in the day. Oh yeah, th- those kind of names I hate, but but uh, I I much prefer the dragons of Tarkir stuff. Um, so yeah, Sporeweb Weaver, uh, Reach Hexproof from Blue, which by the way is one of my favorite abilities you can have on a car is from Blue anything. <laughs> <laughs> Life link from Blue. <laughs> Whenever Sporeweb Weaver is dealt damage, you gain one life and create a 
1-1 green sapperling creature token. There is also another spider uh, that's red-green. I can't remember the monstrous spider that is a 6-6 that creates little insect tokens every time someone casts a spell. The the amount of, like, spiders... Spider. Per, yeah, yep. the amount of dra uh, like, the spiders just creating other things, I love. So the fact that we get another one and also gains you life, so if you can just, like, keep blocking with this, like, yeah, I'll just gain the life and, and make a, another blocker. Like, I'll, I'll do that. So it, it's it's a big deterrent for someone even just flying over you. Uh, which is, this card's going to be a really good uh, pick in Limited if you can get it. Um, because Flyers tend to dominate Limited because, like, they're great evasion for getting across the battlefield. And this, this thing stops those little 2-2s in their tracks and then creates a 1-1 one -one to swing back with. Um, it gums up the board real well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, maybe like a spider with a web maybe who knows um it's like they build the mechanics to reflect the flavor of the card sometimes it's perfect i know don't tell don't tell the designers <laughs> i know keep sometimes they're geniuses don't get a big head though don't you gotta keep on top of it wizards come on <laughs> <laughs> or well i mean it would be wizards but they wouldn't care it's actually more magic but what do we refer to the magic creators as that, well, I mean, they're a part of Wizards of the Coast. Like, it is a specific division of Wizards. Well, I know that, but, like, Wizards oh, uh, don't care. It's magic people care, but I don't really know what to call them. Anyways. Just I mean, so you know, section, I think, we did like get the, a mono-green spider legend that makes babies. Mm-hmm. And they're just beyond death. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's all sorts of spider babies, and I love it. I love it. Especially when you go on, uh, just imagining this the, the the wall of spiders coming at you. Although I like the art for this one too, it has a bunch of mushrooms on its back, so it's like, hey, like it's dropping the sapperlings off its back, which I, I like. Mine's made Cloverfield in that way. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a super exciting card for a lot of people, but like I just like the the idea of like a spider deck. I just never got around to it, so. It, it, it's another one that could go in there it's and it's not a it's it's an early curve for a decent cost there and then also protection from blue that always that always helps like it won't make you the life and the, the sapling because it has to take damage but i mean those those giant blue flyers sometimes it'll definitely help against it's just hexproof it'll take damage though oh yeah you're right hexproof sorry I was thinking the Skylashers. The Skylashers that I used to much people's chagrin at... Uh, uh, <laughs> back in that format, yeah. yeah. Yeah, back in that format. They were like, why are you running four miscutters and Skylashers, you jerk? And I'm like, stop playing uh, white-blue destruction. Or what was that deck called? It was just white -blue pure control. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, white, white blue, blue control deck that just won by looping elixir immortality. Yep, not against me. <laughs> Eight spells they can't counter. <laughs> it's more yep. board wipes than they have. Yep, and not against me. I ha I loved that. I loved just I loved sticking it to them. It was so great. Anyways, yeah, that's that's spore we uh, spore weaver. So uh, fourth card, Darth Dater. Okay, we're gonna start with a card. But it's kind of three cards, so we'll have to talk about all of them a little bit. I'm gonna go to uh -oh. Alpine Houndmaster. He's a red and a white for a human warrior 2-2. Two -two. 
When he enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named Alpine Watchdog and or a card named Igneous Cur. Reveal them, put them in your hand, then shuffle your library. Whenever Alpine Houndmaster attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the number of other attacking creatures. So we've okay. got a dude with his loyal doggos. That's... Yeah, which, that is a really freaking doggo. Like, oh my gosh. That and is that is Hellhound number one. <laughs> loyal doggo one is Alpine Watchdog. One and a white for a 2-2 creature dog with vigilance. And the other one... Oop, having trouble finding it. Went too far. Is Igneous Cur is one and a red for a one-two, and it has fire breathing. So one and a red, it gets plus two, plus O until end of turn. So mm-hmm. beyond specifically mentioning those two dogs that much, I just in the sense of having haven't drafted in a very long time, haven't got to like sit and do a real pre-release in person except for playing with my niece and my brother a little bit for a choreo. Just the idea that my high pick for draft, two mana 2-2 with upside, can tutor these other two common cards to get all this, like, Boros advantage. Just I just really like the angle this card is attacking for that color. For that color grouping, I guess I need to say. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I really like that for draft. I, I like the flavor of it, too. It's just this guy with his pups. The dogs are both, you know, fine if unexciting cards, but like you said, if they go way up in your draft pick if you end up having the Houndmasters to be able to essentially play a 2-mana 2-2 with upside on attacking that also draws you up to two cards. Two bodies. I think that's real cool. Also, one of them has Vigilance, which is really good for that format as well. Like, yeah, getting to keep a blocker when you go out to attack, it's really good. I mean, I'm always a little hesitant to run equipment, but like this is the thing I need to feel confident in running an equipment and a deck when my two-mana creature I plan on equipping gets me two other creatures that eventually will wield the same equipment with much fervor. I'm not sure there's good equipment in this set, but like it just, you know, gives me a good mentality of something. I guess there's short sword. I mean, you get, I mean, you get short sword. Just give it one one. Hey, you get a three three vigilant doggo. There you go. But yeah, it's just, you know, as a showing of a Boros card, and I just like that. Over time, I don't know if it's the identity of Boros has gotten more clear, but I'm just more and more pleased with what we're seeing out of these red white cards as we move mm-hmm. on. Hmm. All right. Um, Leo, number four. Number four for me is the Sanctum of All. It is a white, a blue, a black, a red, and a green for a legendary enchantment that's a shrine. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library and or graveyard for a shrine card and put it onto the battlefield. If you search Mm. your library this way, shuffle it. If an ability of another shrine you control triggers while you control six or more shrines... That ability triggers an additional time. We haven't had shrines. Like, we've had reprints, but we haven't had shrines since the first time we went back to Kamigawa. There's also a cycle of uncommon shrines that... Also really cool. All of them trigger at the beginning of your main phase, except for the ones that you pay for. 
Um, like, I think there's two that have, like, an activated ability, but I think three of them trigger. All of the old ones all have triggers. They happen in your main, like, at the beginning of your upkeep, which doesn't work as well with this. Like, you search for them, put them into play, and they don't immediately trigger. But the ones that trigger in this set trigger at the beginning of your main phase, so you search for them in your upkeep, then they happen after you get them. It's It lets you get them back from your graveyard, and even pay, like has a payoff for putting all of the different shrines in your deck so that the condition of having this one and five others in play, because that's essentially what it has to be, all of shrines being legendary, you can't stack them up, letting them trigger an additional time, it is the type of janky, silly, nonsense stuff that five color is so good for. Like, no five color deck have I made has ever been good. It's just <laughs> been, let's see the kind of silly things we can put together. And this is exactly that. It's Shrine Tribal on a card. Hmm. I'm not seeing any of the shrines. I was trying to look for some. They're uncommon. Um, if you're having oh, trouble finding is, them, yeah, they're all uncommon. Uh, there's the stone fangs. Okay, I just found them. I went from the bottom up, so that might be why. Yeah, there's like Sanctum of Shattered Heights. Uh, I think they named them. I think the shrines they all named Sanctums this time around. Yeah. Oh, the stone fang one getting to trigger twice is a little much. It's real good. Don't worry, the green one. All it does is add twelve mana that turn if you have six shrines. <laughs> Yup. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to see them now. Yeah, yeah they all there's... they all have some serious stuff, man. And draw yeah, X like... cards. Jeez. And then you have to discard a card. So it on its own is even still playable. It's still a loot. And then as soon as you get a second shrine, it starts getting real good. On top you of the fact that the red then... shrine lets you discard a shrine to deal damage, and then which I love. If it happens to be one not in play yet, Sanctum of All can help put it back in play for you instead of looking through your library. Like, I was a little remiss that some of them had activated abilities instead of triggers, but taking another look, it does feel like a very nice like ecosystem. <laughs> All the shrines form together. Yeah, like the ones that... So you can trigger the... Um... You can trigger the black one, the blue one, and the green one. So you can draw extra cards, drain them for a lot of life, or get a lot of mana. And then the other Ooh. two are just real good. Yeah, tapping things down. Oh yeah. Yeah, making it up to making it go all the way down to just a single white to tap target creature is really strong. And then one mana oh, discard yeah. a card that you don't want to have in your hand anyway at this point too. To deal X damage to a creature or planeswalker, or X is the number of shrines you control. Or, and then do it like, again. Uh, yeah, I love that it is discard a land or a shrine. Like, yeah. here's a way to pit to use your excess shrines, or we can discard land cards if you're flooding. I, yeah. That just seems. There, that's I'm always lucky to draft the shrine deck once, but I'm sure gonna try. I mean, every yeah. time you open a Sanctum, you just go for it. <laughs> you you just have to slam. you got to get a red one or a black one, otherwise you're not, like, killing anybody, but... you Yeah, you need, you, need the san you need Sanctum, you need the black one, and then the green one to help color fix you a bit. It's only one X-Man of any one color, but it still can be the fourth, you know, the fifth color you're missing. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
Well, um, so my fourth card is another dragon. Uh, it's it's Gadrak, the car, the Crown Surge. Two and a red for a 5-4 legendary creature dragon. Flying, Gadrak, the Crown Scourge, can't attack unless you control four or more artifacts. At the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-creature token, uh, non-creature, non-token creature. There you go. That died this turn. Um, so you get treasure tokens. So basically, he turns himself on as long as you're killing things. Um, this pairs really well with Terror of the Peaks. Um, because it does. you get to get that five damage in, and even though he can't attack, he can still block. Like, this is a pretty good card for three mana. Like, <laughs> Ooh, I didn't realize, I didn't even think to realize that it said that it's only can't attack it. Yeah, you it can, can still, still have block a blocker. As a three mana five four. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. It, yeah. Dragons are strong in this. <laughs> That's some good. That's a good dragon. Yes, it is. Um, and it creates the treasure tokens itself. Like just being on the field as long as you're killing creatures with I don't know. I guess you could just you know, terror of the peaks, kill creatures to turn them on or something. I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, even just like attacking with creatures and being like, so are you gonna give me the artifacts I need, or are you gonna take some damage? Like right. Right, so come like on, these on. two dragons, they're like they're like brothers. They hook each other up. They're like, I got you, fam. <laughs> exactly. They're the dragon bros. Um, although you know, Gadrek is the one, and you could have several Terror of the Peaks if you like, <laughs> turning them all on. <laughs> you sure could, because they're not legendary. I mean, um, we could always go back to kicking a right of uppercation on Terror of the Peaks, killing a few creatures so you get enough treasure tokens to attack Gadrak. Yeah. At that point, you're. Uh... Well, you're probably killing people then, but it's about sending a yeah, message. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's to be like, I think you're sending a very odd message there when it's like, we could just deal multiple instances of thirty damage to people's faces, or we could use it to wipe the board so we can attack with a five four. <laughs> my goals are beyond your understanding <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to beat them I want to break them <laughs> although that's how you lose in magic it really is not going for the kill it, it, this yeah. is the demoralizing victory mm-hmm. this is the demoralizing victory this is the this is the this is what is it what is the achievement that guy this is the that guy <laughs> Everyone agrees that you made the game magic. not fun to such an extent that they're yeah. willing to make you take negative points. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's it. I mean, like, it's pretty simple. Uh, it, it's got a lot of text to it, but in my brain, it's a pretty simple card. You could use it for the fact that it makes treasure tokens and gets some mana ramp out of it, but like, you're really just that the treasure tokens have never really been a big thing in Commander. They are there, they are useful, but you're not going to have a lot of things. Although, you could tri- you could pair this with the one that says you get 20 more artifacts, you win. You have yeah. that, too. So, like... He also... Like, um, the fact that it's a recurring source of treasure actually really is yeah. interesting to me. Well, another thing yeah. to really think of is there is a... The Brawl deck, the... Having trouble on his name, but the Jun Dragon that wants you to sacrifice permanents. Yeah, Carvold. Like mm. I've got one on my desk. It's <laughs> the only reason that I was able to remember that real quick. I 
I have my deconstructed Jun Sack deck over here. Yeah, so if you get to stare at Corvold and you have this card, which he's already, like, I have him built as a food commander, and it's actually pretty fun. But if you, like, play another high-value card that makes treasure, and remember that commander, you draw a card when you sack a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. So even in the realm of standard, there are scary things people might have to worry about. Is real good. Oh yeah, this is, and also he's a big dragon. If you look at his art, like he's big, um, compared to like I mean I guess you don't get a lot of dragons uh, direct size comparison with a human. Uh, a lot of the time they're all just sort of in the background, but like this guy, this guy's menacing. Um, I love it. <laughs> he really is. Um. All right. So your last card, Darth. I'm gonna sidestep the one I meant to talk about. Um, and I'm going to go with one of my alternate picks. I'm going to do Sublime Epiphany. It is four and two blue for an instant. Choose one or more. Counter target spell. Counter target activated or triggered ability. Return target non land permanent to its owner's hand. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. Target player draws a card. I play a mono blue group hug deck and cards that look like I care about how other people feel but are actually innately very powerful or something that the deck really loves and this will go very well and I love that this card exists because one of the things they teased before they spoiled any cards was there is a card with 31 options this is it yep and kind of getting on the hype train of my mind of someone casting a big Eldrazi with the cast trigger on the stack. I counter the cast trigger. I counter the Eldrazi. I bounce one of their important permanents. I copy my value creature, and then I cantrip the spell. Like, the high end of this card is very high. I think often you're probably countering a spell and then deciding what other value you can get out of it. But, you know, it is very flexible. Something that I thought was kind of funny the way they teased it. And honestly, the yeah. more I look at the art, I kind of like this weird carousel-looking thing that's inside of this lady's head. The art is really cool. I very. Um, I was really happy with Salvador the... Dali, in my opinion. Yes, very much. I was really happy. A bunch of us in a, uh, a group chat that my friends and I are in saw this as one of the things that he was talking about, like the whole 31 options, and we're immediately we're just like, alright, so how would they do that? It has to be a choose one or more spell. How like what you know, how many options do you need to make this work? And oh, like, I solved it immediately. It yeah, was like you it's color combinations. It was just colors. Color combinations. Yeah. For me, it was just like here's a red, here's a blue, here's a green, here's a white, and here's a black ability. And that's how you get the the that's the immediate amount of number that you can get without you know doubling up on this yeah we were kind of thinking maybe it was like a five generic cost spell and it says if you paid black do this if you paid red do this yep Ooh, ooh. i'm gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep that as uh write that down somewhere (laughs) um Um, that's by and large (laughs) i think i i i and i darth you're obviously the consultant on this deck because it's both of ours but i think this goes in guy uh not gyrus um Ghidorah. I think this goes in Ghidorah because the ability to not not only A, counter a spell, but 
um, counter an activated or triggered ability that may that we may need to do to protect one of our stacks, and then copy the stack. Yeah, as long as Ghidorah's <laughs> not the top card. Right. We get another pile. That's real good. Not really uh, other legendary yeah, mutates true. in the deck. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, he- here's the thing. I mutated on top of a Mana Gorger in that deck. That was fun. Oh my goodness. And I copied that Mana Gorger. Now, they killed the... In response, they killed the, the original, so it didn't copy, but it... I was one away from uh, Primal with that one. That, That's huge. Yeah. So like, oh gosh. The only thing that Which, I... Which, by the way, per, just to explain, Primal means you have 15... It's an achievement in, in our system. If ah. you have 15 or more power, you, you get a point. If you're the first person to the get match. there. Yeah, the first person to get there. But the only thing that's I was like... Away. I feel like maybe I'm asking too much, but I really feel just a little tiny puff of air out of this card when it's... It has to be a token of a cop, has to be a token copy of a creature you control. I guess it's probably just too much to give you all this and copy any creature, but but yeah. the we're, only we're thing that okay feels like a soft that. hit. The rest of the card feels great. Honestly, I wish that the copy of a, I wish that the copy of a token creature you control was a cop was copy target spell. Because that's mm. my personal Ooh. preference on things. Also, it costing six is a lot, but it's real good. Yeah, and I don't yeah, expect to this to be right like that can happily. You get a card draw out of it, no matter what. Because when aren't you going to choose to draw a card unless you're decking yeah. yourself out? Like, no, that's that's for sure. the The big thing is just with it costing six, you have it narrows down the type of decks it can be in to one that can routinely, be, excuse me, be happy leaving six mana up at the end of their turn. I mean. Yeah, my mono blue group pack duck very very often is like draw a card, yeah. play a land. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, and and oh, it yeah, depends I... on the situation um, because in our in our Ghidorah deck, if you don't have anything to mutate, then there's no reason to do anything. It's a it's a deck that really likes to play off of one one creature on the field. So if you if you have a bunch of mutate stuff and you just don't want to overstack, or if you just don't want to play a creature down. Then, you know, you're sitting you're sitting on your cards and you're just building up yeah. mana and waiting. But it is a that, very good point. Hit... You know, six mana is a lot to leave open if you end up not getting it value. Is. But it it is viable in well, a control decks and b, you know, other decks that you don't want to over over invest on the field. For sure, I don't I don't think it's a bad card. It's just a the little tweaks that I'd like it more and the Yeah, it's not overpowered. The fact that there is a cost to the fact to it yeah. having this amount of flexibility. Yeah. If you play so it and just counter think, a spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What do you think, Darth? You think that's a good candidate for going in Ghidorah? No. Why not? Because it costs six. The copy though. The copy is so good for us. I mean, I would rather just play the Sahili's artistry and make a copy of a creature and make a copy of an artifact. Yeah, that's a good yeah. card. I like that yeah. card a lot. Yeah. Granted, like instant speed is different. Like it is an instant. You could just plan that's to true. draw a card, make a copy, bounce something annoying, and if you happen to catch a spell at the right moment, maybe that's fine. Maybe you just don't. 
don't really view this as a counterspell. You view this as a instant speed value engine, and sometimes you get somebody when they cast a spell at the wrong time. Yep. Anyways, awesome. Um, so that was your number five, right? Yep. All right, Leo. What's your what's your uh, anchor for the night? Uh, my anchor for the night. My last card. My PS resistance is a three mana three four artifact creature named Spark Hunter Masticor. It's also a Masticor. Uh, as an additional cost to cast this spell. It is Masticor. Yeah. It's not a yep. Manticore. Yep. What's... It is a Masticor. There is a there is a long tradition of Masticors in Magic of artifact creatures that when you Either as a cost to cast them, or, keep them in play. or as an upkeep, yeah, or as an upkeep cost, you must discard a card. But they are typically have good stats for their cost mm-hmm. and have activated abilities that deal damage to some target. This one has uh, pay one; it deals one damage to target planeswalker. Pay three; it gains indestructible until end of turn, and it also has protection from planeswalkers. Yep, and it's not an. Unlike most of the like most of the good Masticors in the past have been the at the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card or sacrifice this yeah. card, this creature for like four mana five fives with pay two deal one to anything as a colas artifact creature. You know, something really strong like that. Um that was the one I, I think that but one was the steep one cost. from Mirrodin. But yes, you had to you had to keep feeding it. This guy, you play it, you make your one turn discard. Just just to cast it, you got to pitch a card. That is still a steep cost. But once it's in play, Planeswalkers can't mess with it. It messes up Planeswalkers. And if you leave up mana, you can even make sure that other stuff can't mess with it. Yep. It's... I And I say this as someone that really actually loves playing Planeswalkers. I'll stack up a Planeswalker deck anytime. But seeing the words protection from Planeswalkers <laughs> and, to a lesser extent, some other cards in here. Like, we have more traditional mono black kill spells in this set at all rarities that mm-hmm. are hitting creature and planeswalker or giving options of like minus two minus two to all creatures or remove two loyalty from all planeswalkers like mm-hmm. they're actively doing more to make it so that interacting with planeswalkers is a is something that is easier to do for all of the colors, which is good. Yes. Because I like the gameplay of Planeswalkers. I like to see them exploring new ways to make Planeswalkers. Like, I really loved the War of the Spark Planeswalkers where they all had a static ability that was just there and in play. Some yeah. of them are a little strong. Some of them a little push. Things like that, you know. Cough, Teferi, cough. <laughs> That's what, like, this one comes down and messes a Teferi right up. Like... Yeah. You play this on turn three, and your opponent's looking at that, you know, their turn three play of Teferi in their hand, thinking, hmm, I look like the big dumb right now. (laughs) Pass. The Masticore. Don't underestimate it. Exactly. And I... There is a part of me, like, I really like the lore of magic. There is a part of me that just loves to see, you know, like, we're seeing all of these old legends in that cycle. I like to see throwbacks and callbacks to and you know iconic creature types and things like that that you've seen before and will see more of in magic like seeing another masticore i was like sweet it's another masticore i know what masticores do and that's what this one is right it just mm, so good well speaking about a staple creature type in magic we're going to 
come up with my anchor, which uh, should be a surprise to absolutely freaking no one. Uh, yeah, wild, like... Wildwood Scourge, which is a Hydra. Um, yeah. This is the one Hydra in the set. There is an instant that is giving counters to something like it's a Hydra, um, which will probably go in the Hydra binder because I do qualify Hydra effects in the in my binder as well as Hydra art. Um, so that will go in the binder as well, which as of this point right now is fully complete. I do have three Capricorn Hydras. Nice. Capricopian. Uh, and um, two of the uh, Jaxra already. So Zixara, there we go. Um, yeah. Um, but this is, uh, so like Wildwood Scourge is X and a green for a zero zero uh, Hydra where gets X plus one plus one counters equal to the, you know, X costs, yada, yada, normal Hydra stuff. Um, one behind the curb because of the one green, which is pretty standard for Hydras. Um, pretty, pretty basic. Um, but whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on another non Hydra creature, you can, uh, you control, put a plus one plus one counter on Wildwood Scourge. This thing gets bigger for all the non Hydras getting bigger. Now this is, it's a good card but not for hydras and it, it it's an interesting card it's also uncommon which i'm not really i shouldn't really care because that just means i'm going to get more of them but at the same time like hydras were supposed to be like a staple and powerful and making them uncommon hurts my soul uh, <laughs> but hey you know at least it's not a common hydra which has only happened once in an unhinged set so we have that i, but, uh, I really like it I do too. It's not terrible. Um, it's just weird because um, there's a lot of lot of people looking for not myself, honestly, because I don't really care. I just collect them. Um, but a lot of people looking for like a Hydra Lord or you know something to really get a Hydra deck going. Uh, this isn't it. It looked no. like it was going to be, but this isn't it. Um, it's just not. It's just not it, a. It actively doesn't grow from other hydras. Actively doesn't, which I find weird. Like, I why did they do that? Wouldn't it just say another creature, other than another wildwood scourge? Like, I guess yeah. maybe that was the intent, and they just sort of like, hey, you know, because it's is an the uncommon way to do it. Yeah. And obviously, you know, when you think in a limited format, which is where they mostly design, if I'm not correct, right? I mean, that... at un at common and uncommon, it's they don't mostly design, but a large amount of design, especially in the uncommons, goes towards uh, making sure it's a you know making sure it's a solid limited set. Yeah, and like in this set in particular, you know, they do the cycle of two color, um, two color uncommons that kind of give you an idea of like what the tent pole of that color combination should look at for right um, for a limited game and the green white one literally it's caring about putting plus one plus one counters on creatures right and but the, in the same aspect there isn't another hydra in the set so when you look at this card in a limited point of view that is not an issue because it's yeah, the only one I think it, I think it's like you're saying to just keep it from like doing weird triggering stuff on itself yeah, and they just decided to make it to make it a clean implementation rather than like, you know, whenever another creature or creatures are or whenever counters are put on another creature and just leaving it at that, just making let's just do non hydra so that there's nothing weird and unintuitive for an uncommon and just call it good. 
yeah. there might even have been another Hydra in the set at some point that got cut, and then this line was just a holdover from that. They didn't feel the need to change. I mean, if it says another creature and you have two of these, you do have the problem Ooh, of the game ends. 100%. 100%. That's where it is. And and that, that is one thing, is the rules cannot refer to a card's name like that, except for where you're searching. Mm-hmm. But I have never, I haven't seen where like it's protection from this specific card, anything like that. I've seen things being like, I refer to, you know, if you control this, this, and this, sure. But for specifically saying if cards would, if counters would be put on another creature except another Wildwood Scourge, I don't think is something that I've seen before. And I don't know if the actual, like, the 170 page PDF document actually quite can grok that because then <laughs> right. you hit into weird because with names especially that's where you hit into weird stuff with like foreign language cards it's why whenever you see a card that says you know whenever you know right next to it in the spoiler whenever warden of the woods becomes the target of a spell what that really means in syntax is whenever this card in brackets mm-hmm. becomes the target of a spell yeah and i think wildwood scourge might just have something like that with like as darth said the easiest cleanest way to make sure that they don't trigger off of you know each other going infinite and resulting in a draw because you can't stop the stack at that point right rather than putting a may on there and giving the feel bads of people missing the trigger they went with let's just not let it trigger on other hydras which because it, it, it hurts it hurts the idea of having a hydra lord because like if you were to ever make uh, a hydra deck this can't go in it I mean, it could, yeah. but it, it's, it, it's it's probably outside of Progenitus the worst one to put in here. Like, yeah, I think it goes in as like a vanilla body, if anything else, and that's about it. Yeah, and it, it's just it's just whatever. Like, it ends up it ends up being in the larger scale of Hydras, it ends up being underwhelming as a card. It's a good card. It's it's a very good. Um, it's a very good. I mean, it's not a bad Hydra. It's just bad for other Hydras, if that makes sense. So, like... Yeah, it just... It, it's the Ranger's really big pet. Yes. Um, we'll call it Snuggles. Snuggles is... <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's it's a decent card. Um, it's just unexciting for, for other Hydras, which, you know, as a Hydra enthusiast, is like, eh, okay. But it is a good card, and if you pull this in limited, you might run it if you're in green. Like, it's yeah. just, just to be able to dump mana into a giant creature that could get bigger. Like, <laughs> just just think of it as this. It's, it's the Hydra that's the Evangel to bring other peoples into the Hydra family. Like, it's the one that uh, plays nice with non-Hydras so that they, they can it's get the introdu- to it. It's the, it's yeah, the, it's it's baby's the gateway first Hydra. Hydra. Baby's first Hydra. <laughs> I call this head Snuggles. I call this head Snuggles Jr. I call this head Snuggles the Third. I call this head Chompy. He (laughs) likes to chew on things. Still trying to break him of that. The furniture, never going to be the same. Right. So, yeah, it's it's fine. And I I actually like it, um, but I don't don't see it going in any of my commander decks, though. No, it's uh, it's a cool uncommon, but that's really where it's at possibly could go in Tulsimir, but Tulsimir doesn't really focus on 1-1 counters. It just coincidentally has some. Like It has no I mean, business like, in any of your decks. Just let it go. I it's wasn't okay. trying to fit it. I was just 
talking about the viability of me using it, um, which already I agree is is not good. Um, yeah, because like it doesn't doesn't do enough just to fit into those. It's not it's not a star player. It's just there, and it's okay. It's okay to be okay. <laughs> and that's it. That's a that's all. Fifteen cards we're talking about tonight. Um, I know normally we go into honorable mentions and stuff, but honestly, I, I don't really have. Not a lot of uh, honorable mentions. The other two alts that I have were just in case people pick something, eliminate an invigorating scourge. I don't really find eliminate is a good quick kill, like with some cost, which whatever. (laughs) I mean, there is there is something I I think is a very cool thing to notice. Uh, We did get a few, I would say, mildly saucy reprints. No, there are some really great ones like Massacre Worm and Grim Tutor. You know, you can. I don't know who yeah. in their life had bought a Grim Tutor before this set, but I'm sorry. I'm deeply sorry for what you have done yeah. to yourself. But uh, the big thing I thought was really cool is we're getting Solemn Simulacrum, which I don't know what he what he did to Standard back in, I think, um, Corset you know, M12. But it's funny that they reuse an art that was only in one commander deck for the year that they got this new art. So it was new solemn art only in one of the decks felt like the, one of the weirdest things they've done for a commander set. And alongside getting that, we got cultivate reprinted and both of those have alternate art borderless versions, which is really weird for cultivate since it's an uncommon, but it's an amazing artwork. The alt, it's so good. I need it. And it, it's kind of funny because in a set we have these these nice like color themed showcase cards. We didn't really talk about those, but they're like themed to the planeswalkers in the set. And but we just have a few that are extra. Like Ugin has this really nice like colorless border version along with a borderless version. And right. Scavenging Ooze shows up and has this amazing other. You know, I shared it with Fortwan right before we started borderless version and it's this and i i guess i need to say come to the the focus meeting and say hi my name's darth tater i spend a lot of money on magic cards and i like shiny things he's a whale everybody get him anyways (laughs) but you know looking at a standard set looking at a core set that has reprint of grim tutor a prince a new mangara like storyline character that's really cool all these like Azusa gets a reprint in this set, so you could just feel the seeding value and these cards that you might want anyway. Let's ge- let's keep you interested in buying the collectors packs by giving you a borderless version of Cultivate. So yeah, as someone who has the money to spend to spend a lot and wants to and wants to feel good about it, this has been great. Yeah, this is a like re- I get why people. Like I get why there is some bag on core sets to an extent, but I was so happy when they brought them back, and it's for like this feels like a really good core set. Oh yeah, like and I it's just good clean magic. The previous it's one with the uh, cards. the primeval dragons coming back, or just you know the cycle that Bolus is in, you know it just I think they've done a lot of good with these two core sets of like yeah, this I, is what we're doing. This is this is the backbone we're giving your standard. By the way, we hope everybody else loves it. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of times people were ragging on the, the core sets because they weren't as interesting as something like back in the day, like Return to Ravnica and all those new mechanics. And 
like I remember that was like a big push for them to be like, oh, the core is just stupid, and that like that's the sentiment when I was playing back then, and I was just like, I mean, it's okay, it's just the base cards, like it's whatever. I don't know. I think there's an odd message though about a core set that were Prince Ugin the Spirit Dragon. <laughs> that that's true. I. I think it is them just trying to find that right footing between the old core sets, which were a little, you know, they gave us things like the Titans yeah. and stuff, but they were beyond that, almost a little lackluster. Whereas now we're in the newer design philosophy, we're getting some more complicated commons and uncommons. We're getting some stronger high end stuff. So you can still point to it as like, you know, this is a good first set for someone getting into magic. Like core sets are a good introductory set but that have a bit better ramp up to, okay, now you're seeing what some of the mythics are. This is magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to come stay a while, learn how to copy spells. Stay a while and flood your mana. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I fully expect to sit as the person or sit across from someone who just, like, well, I play the Ugin because I opened the Ugin in pre-release. If I cast it, I probably win. <laughs> yeah. For, like, that that's a for sure. Like, Ugin is definitely a just powerful, like, good money card that, honestly, it did need a reprint. Like, Ugins were pushing, I think, like, 80 bucks. Yeah, I know like they're really or... expensive before this, and it was really shocking for me to look at the borderless version slash the weird, like, really neat, like, colorless special border version of him. And seeing yeah, those are like really fifty and sixty or forty, I'm like isn't yep. this a ninety dollar card or something? Like, like I'm happy that you're making these things affordable. I think part like part of it was that he his first time around he came out in Fate Reforged, yeah. and so the rest of Fate Reforged was pretty much trash. So like all of Fate Reforged's value kind of had to funnel to him. Like, yeah. There was there was some stuff in there, but like a I'm pretty sure a large majority of like Ugin's initial price back then was because he was carrying most of the value of that box. Yeah, and I think some of it so. too was like my opinion of you know, you're playing Tron and you have Ugin's and Karn's and mm, Karn got a master's reprint, which I don't know how much that really does. Maybe nothing. But Ugin was still kinda of sitting at the eventually he got a mythic edition printing, which meant yeah, nothing to anybody. It's not enough. No, it, and I think the like the Masters Karn actually did impact it. Like I'm actually seeing a lot of people talking about how, with Ugin re- being reprinted, like it's not making Tron a budget modern deck, but it's definitely making Tron a more reasonable like. You know, I mean, you're you're cutting what like three hundred or two hundred and fifty dollars off the top of the price if you're having to buy everything. Yeah. Like you're... I don't want to play Tron. What, you don't want to play 1-2 Karn? No, I don't want to play oh, against well, that. Know. I don't want to see it. I just get out of here. <laughs> I play Storm, so I really... Tron players, especially when Storm was when I, Storm was good. Mm, Tron players are my bread and butter. That was like, that was like playing Farmville. <laughs> <laughs> Farmville. Oh, that game was terrible. All of these grape <laughs> shots at your face. Yeah, I remember being taught how to play Tron once, and I was like, really? You're just going for that? All right, fine. It's, I can uh, I can get, I honestly can get behind Tron. Like, it's a sweet big mana deck that has some cool 
cool play lines to it, but whew, it does some things to format sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Well, uh, we got anything else to say tonight, or is that about wrap up Core Twenty One? No, I think that's. Pretty I mean, good for I me. guess the one last little thing I'll say is I like that nope. we've seen more of these. Like, I'm going to use the word hunted because there used to be the hunt, like hunted dragon and stuff like that. But we're getting like variations mm-hmm. on that, and we have the pursued whale that gives everybody else Ooh. a one-one red pirate with it can't block, and yeah. all the creatures have to attack. I didn't see that. And then their opponent's spells cost more to target the whale. Like, I think it's cool. I think it's very multiplayer, thoughtful flavor. cards. And I like seeing yeah. that. I also like that the extended art for Pursued Whale is just straight up Moby Dick. Yep. Like that, their board, that borderless one is a white whale. I'm just like, oh, Hi. oh, this is good. I mean, you you gotta get that reference in there. You gotta Pursued Whale. How is it not Moby Dick in in pop culture? Oh, I, like, oh yeah, it's other than free. It's hundred. I guess bad. they could have done a free Willy man. <laughs> They could have done a free willy reference. All right. Um, yeah, so I think that's it for tonight. Uh, we will actually see you next week for uh, another set review, which, I mean, this is supposed to be infrequent, but, like, uh, w- Wizard said screw you to your schedule, Hunter's Hub, and you're you're going you're gonna to do a lot. And we're like, okay, I'm sorry. Just keep giving us more cards. Yeah, just really twisting my arm, making me talk about magic. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird. There's only, like, 37 new cards out of, what, 500, 600 cards in Jumpstart, but it's still just, like, boggling the new amazing things. Oh, I'm sure sure we're going to end up also just talking a good bit about, like, the structure of Jumpstart, because that's a, for me, that's a really cool set. Oh, yeah, we've had some, I've had some deep conversation with friends that want to kind of, like, make a cube out of Jumpstart packs. Just like your your jumpstart smash up box, and I just had to be real honest with him. I was like, "Hey, I've already ordered a couple boxes, and I don't think that we'll get through that because you guys have trouble meeting for things." Lovely idea, <laughs> maybe irrelevant. It's, it's it's very honest and needs yeah. needs to be said. <laughs> um, but. spoiler for next week though, I want to talk about Chaos Rider because man, I love that card. I'll make sure it's not on my list. Probably make my list after this, just to make it easy. (laughs) I mean, I'm already looking. And I mean, there's a Dinosaurs Jumpstart pack. Hell yeah. I love it. We got dogs. I mean, come on. Dogs. Oh, look, the dragon starts with Terror of the Peaks. It does. Yeah, that that is one criticism I'll give right now. And has... Has Gadrag in, in it. Ooh, I'm good. I'm There's good. I didn't even know that. an odd amount of print crossover between Jumpstart and Core 21. And maybe that's just like, hey, we know that people will understand these cards. So we're giving them a little more love. But, I don't know. I mean, I mean it's pretty clear when the Garouk deck just has the new Garouk in it. I mean... <laughs> It's something I wish I knew beforehand before I pre-ordered Jumpstart stuff and Core 21 stuff, because now I feel like I could have cut my core order a little bit and still reasonably obtained some of the things. Like, I'm interested in the new White Plains Walker, so, like, I might just accidentally get flooded on things because of too much crossover from sets beside each other. Yeah, and I just hate the fact that the 
goblins is, has Krinko in it. Just come on, really. I mean, really? there is an I'm infinite thinking. combo in the vampire deck. Like, you're just gonna get got sometimes. But hey, lands has two hydras, so there we it go. Does. All it right, does. so that's preview for next week. Yeah, yes, get hyped. It, uh, it is. Get hyped uh, to hear us talk about more stuff. Oh look, we're jump starting jumpstart. We're we're jump starting jumpstart. That also has Wildwood Scourge and another pack. Oh man, there's a lot of hydras. Oh man, <laughs> jumpstarts get. Oh, we got to do our ratings. Yes, Darth we Tater. Do. That that's true. I forgot, Darth Tater. Uh, What's your rating? Four hundred out of ten. Gideon's still dead. New White Walker introduced. Uh, really cool new White Walker, in fact. Mm-hmm. I, I said a really cool new White Walker, in fact. Like Bosley Oh, I was agreeing. I was agreeing. Uh, there was a uh huh. Ah, <laughs> it's it sounded more like inquisitive. Like hmm, go on. <laughs> I think you cut out like right at the first part of it, and I was like, Hey, I actually read the cards today, guys. Okay. Right. Probably like I'm ten some minutes credit. before we recorded. <laughs> I have been looking at them all week. Xed out. I just couldn't. No, I just couldn't <laughs> decide on what were my cards until ten minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, eh, it's yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Leo. What's your rating? Uh, four hundred Kiki Jikis out of ten. Nice. Because I'm going to be sacrificing probably that many that were actually conspicuous snoops. And I'm going to give it two Hydra heads for a good, a decent Hydra growing card and a decent Hydra, but that's about it. Like, I wasn't super excited. Although I do like the dragons. I do like the new dragons. Is that the cat throwing Yes. Up? I was going to try not to say anything about uh, it, but I'm watching the, the recording. <laughs> honk! 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. All right, good night, guys. Have fun. See you next week. Wee!